0: And good evening, Kansas City. Jay Bakley with you. A lot of football talk tonight. No dust man tonight. He was in here earlier. So, uh, a lot of football, man. We're going to check in with Baltimore's big game this weekend. Big game this I weekend. Heard. And then, of course, uh, Ron Kopp from our lead analyst from arrowheadpride.com because we like to come in. It's tradition. And we really break it down like we do before the draft. Nathan here producing the operation. I finally get to work
1: with Nathan, and life is good, my friend. Big baseball fan, Nathan. What's up, my man? Hey, Bink, how's it going? Yeah, it's a pleasure to work with you. It's, I've been on with Dusty a bunch, Vern. Yeah, it's great. Never had the pleasure. You yeah, know, Dusty's
0: fun, man. The Dust man. Been,
1: man, been here a long time, man. Dusty's awesome. I'm always running into you in between shows or talking to you out in the hallway. Never done it on the air, so this would be a good time. Well,
0: man, you missed the heydays, my man. You know, and back in 13 and 14 and 15
1: and all the fun we had covering the Royals oh. yeah I was listening to it I was I was in uh, my senior year of high school uh when they went to that World Series in 14 and oh yeah shortly after I I mean the night they won in 15 I remember Vern went until six in the morning oh I was listening
0: yeah I, I, I was right there with him I was asleep in that press box because I had just <laughs> filled out the top 20 poll. because I went I went out there with Vern in New York awesome in don't forget because uh, I was right there I had't been snoring in the press box so I was just waiting for him to get down because he was going to you get know, all night and uh I remember when the Royals when the Royals won there's no cheering in the press box. There's no, no, no cheering. So, it's a kind of an under the table fist bump, you know? Because we had to, because you wanted to, man, because the New Yorkers drove you crazy. Mm. Like, they eventually, like, pushed the Royals off the field. I mean, Salvi had to move that car that he won for MVP and all that. I mean, they were jerk offs, the New York fans. Like, when the, when the, uh, I don't think I've heard this story. When the Giants won in Kansas City, they, like, turned the fountains orange yes. and they treated them to the, uh, at that point, it wasn't the kind of club that they have now. It was it was one of the other clubs. Yes. That they... uh, do
1: you recall the guy that wrote the big letter to the editor in San yeah. Francisco? They yeah, treated si- him well. They treated sitting him well. In the row in front of me in that game got to know that guy very well. In
0: New York, they treated the Royals kind of like, to be honest, crap. Yeah, sounds... it was like hurry up. I mean, let let them let them celebrate in the field. I mean, yeah. but then they just took it to the locker room and you know trashed the hell out of it with all the champagne. I mean, why not? And uh, that was fun. But yeah, it was not uh, not a warm greeting. But it's amazing. Is I remember we'd go down and do our show. In town, it was back when I was doing the day shift with Henry Lake, and yes. we we were doing it downtown um, in that CBS downtown. And I never forgetting it. I was getting in the cab going back to Queens, and I had Roy- I think got I a Royals hat on or something like I do now. And he goes, "What are you doing in town? Where are you from?" I said, "Kansas City." He goes, "What are you doing?" So, oh, it was a little baseball game, you know, just to. He didn't even know it was a World Series. You, like, when you it come just, to Kansas City, man, it is on the billboards when you come to town for the Big 12 Tournament or whatever. Uh-huh. You know if there's a big event here. You know it's a big yeah. event.
1: Well, and you know, so I've I've made a big deal to try to get to as many b- baseball stadiums as I can. I've been very fortunate to go to, to most of them. And, and Queens at City Field is the only bad experience I've had. They would not let us. Go um, get a picture, like down at every stadium I go to. We try to get you know a big scenic, fi- you know, photograph with the scoreboard and the and the outfield. And, and there's nothing there in down Flushing down but the U.S. Plate. Open and muffler shops. There isn't, um, but I still I want to get the picture. And a security guard was so upset that we went down there, you know, above his denial that he went and stood behind me in the picture to try and like <laughs> block the shot. So he photobombed um, you. Yeah. Only time that's happened. I've been to a bunch of parks, so I've had a, I had negative experience at City Field as well.
0: I mean, you know, in Ken City, you know, with the uh, the stadium proposal, it's gonna be on the ballot and all that, but they uh, they never really developed that around New York where the Mets play. I mean, they spent all that money. with they spent four hundred forty-five million last year and they were terrible? The U.S. Open, the Flushing, and is right there, mm-hmm. but there's literally nothing around. It's fun. It's funny because you look at hey, that's New York. And there's honestly, when I say there's none but muffler shops, there's literally nothing but muffler shops. in like LaGuardia a Houston's or something. Yeah, it's like a Houston's or something like that that's attached, yeah. to like City Field.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like going to Kauffman. Big old parking lots outside. There's a yeah. bus stop. That's about it.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get in this a little bit later because I am curious. I think this is fascinating. You've been to all these parks and and uh, see where Kauffman would rank. But uh, my favorite ever is is Great American in Cincinnati. I don't know why I just being next to Ohio River like that. And, you know, just a complete barnyard with that ball's flying out all the yeah. time. But they sir It was like the Kansas City and Cincinnati were like two of the first, like, stadiums to have a craft beer sponsor. They still had their main sponsor. I think at that point it was like Royals were like Miller Lite. It was their main beer sponsor. Uh-huh. And then Boulevard was their craft beer sponsor. But they were they might have been the first major league team, the Royals, to actually have a craft sponsor as, long, as well as a beer sponsor. I, I mean, did not know that. They were, yeah, they were one of the first few. I think they were the first
1: ones. There's a lot of good choices out of the game. Yeah, I had the the stadiums
0: time. like Miller light or whatever, you know, Coors light or, but like whatever yes, yeah. there's some big, big beer to, they sell the stadium,
1: but they're craft, but they had the Boulevard, which is really cool. No, I went to a great American this summer and, uh, it, it was a great, a fantastic time overlooking the river. Um, De La Cruz had a, hit a lead off home run on the bottom of the first. It was, it was great. Yeah. We were there for the,
0: uh, all-star game when all those Royals went
1: oh, and this one, Omar, Todd Fonte. Frazier,
0: Todd Frazier won the, uh, the, uh, the Home Run Derby right, is, right. you know, is the local guy. So, of course, it's it's nuts when that happens. But anyway, yeah. we, got, we got a lot to go into. But that, that really fascinates me. These stadium trips and having – I used to have uh, people on who would do these like within three days or four days. They'd make their – you know, well, they couldn't do it in three or four days. But I don't know. It was a couple weeks or whatever. But they'd go across the country. And whenever they came to Kauffman, I like, uh-huh. made sure I wanted to talk to them where they – you know kind of put Kauffman Stadium. Oh, I've got a running
1: list in my my notes app on my phone of of a ranking, so uh just, yeah, we might just have to get into that sometime. Just baseball. Not football. Uh just baseball. Yeah, I've been to 24 parks. That's um, a lot, man. I've been to three football stadiums, so nowhere nowhere even close, so.
0: Did you ever go to Oakland?
1: Yes, did get to go to Oakland. Um and i spoiler it is at the very bottom of the list, below the Trop, below whatever uh, other park you can think of. That it was it was as advertised. I'll say that it's so bad the sewage floats. It stinks. Like they, it, they'll have it, like
0: floating turds in the dugout because it's like yeah. The no wonder they're in Vegas.
1: Oh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what they do out there in Vegas.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice with they're gonna. I, I'm shocked that uh, baseball made it there uh, before the NBA. I really thought the NBA would be one of the first things to Vegas, but regardless, uh, they're not there. I, they're gonna be last. But I never thought that yeah. the NBA would be last. In in uh, Vegas because they love Vegas right. they be always a welcome
1: sport town here and if you yeah, want they
0: summer camp and all that they always you know did that and it was it was fantastic but the Chiefs Ravens this weekend man um, I'm pumped up about this game it it, it feels weird that and we're kind of lucky you know doing this this kind of work that we do and being able to talk Chiefs this long or like do the post game on Sundays be able to carry that all the way till almost February or in February every year for the last six years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. I think this guy I'm bringing on, Jonah Shea from Baltimore, covers the Ravens inside and out. He's getting to do it this year, okay? My my guys in Buffalo, they never quite seem to make it. (laughs) But think about all those towns that don't get to do this. They don't get to do the postseason. They don't get to talk about it. And it's like a rite of passage for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: It's still weird to me, Bink. It's still weird to me living in this town for so long growing up here that we have gotten to do this even though it's year six of this. Uh, it's still strange that that we have been to six straight AFC Championship games. We played in three Super Bowls. Uh, it still has not, I don't think, completely sunk into me, and I don't know if it will until he's, until Mahomes is retired, and, and we're looking back on this.
0: Well, I'm a lot older than you, and I still remember vividly the 1993 season, which would have been January 23rd, 1994, that the Royals, that uh, the Royals, the Chiefs lose the Bills in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the fourth year of their four year run where they were, you know, they right. got the, to the Super Bowl. Game. Yes. And it was Montana.
1: It was Marcus Allen. Dusty Joe and I would. had uh, JJ Burden on last yeah. week to talk about that game. It was a Joker conversation.
0: Hurts. It was on the heels of Keith Cash, you know, throwing it against the uh-huh. uh, fence there. Then there was a 22 year old drought. And I'm never for you going to like high school graduations of some of the guys that I knew, the that, that high school football stuff, and seeing these guys at their graduation thinking they've never seen the Chiefs win a playoff game. And they were 18. I was born. And in, then they had college degrees and they were drinking in bars legally by the time the Chiefs finally won
1: a playoff game. That's and then you have them six years in a row. That's that's something to behold there. Yeah, I was born in 97. I was a sophomore in college when Niall Davis returned that punt in Houston. I mean, I I was I was Dude, almost 20 years old. You're dating yourself. But anyway, I I am a lot older. And we this is we don't have it. You
0: don't have this. But the fact that you beat the Dolphins, you beat the uh, Buffalo Bills, and in their, especially Buffalo beating them in their house, and just the kind of joy people in this town felt over that. And should you have been shocked, it's almost like the national media at times, and they've been driving me nuts. I'm not even going to lie. I'm a, there's a few takes here that are extremely hot that oh, yeah. I'm going to get into tonight because they've been all over the place. When They all buried the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, they completely, completely buried the Chiefs. They're not going to make it. They've done this for years. It's almost like death taxes and people hating the Chiefs. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: Of course. Like, for whatever reason this offseason, Molly and Steve, May, we have kind of forgotten a little bit about Patrick Mahomes. And as good as I believe Kansas City will be,
3: let's not act like it It ain't going to be a drop-off. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Lord. Angeles, their
1: division is impossible and it just so happens that i think this might go down for the kansas city chiefs they're an excellent team but i just don't see them in the postseason can I, can,
4: I, can I help on the table it's more than on the table every other team basically got better and the
2: chiefs got worse Said, but I said that I don't believe that the Chiefs are going to uh, make the playoffs. I said it to McCole Harmon. Listen, you can't be one-sided within their division. They're the only team that is front-loaded
3: on the offensive side of the ball. Every team has closed the gap.
4: Yeah.
0: See the fun stuff there. That, that, that every year, no matter where you flip on NFL, I know you've seen it. You had to have seen it.
1: Oh, it's been yeah. the talk of I, I think yeah. Twitter or X or whatever you want to say for, yeah. for, the, for the last few weeks, and yeah. it is every time this there's, year, every time of the year. There's
0: been some crazy yeah. takes by the national media about this team. And they just keep searching for answers. There's been so much crying in Buffalo. I think there's probably more tears from Bills fans than Niagara Falls. I mean, they've just been crying about it. I mean, just we're going to get the Sean O'Hare, the former NFL player's take, uh, after we take a timeout and how ridiculous that that was. But I think people are forgetting who in the hell this team is. The whole Mahomes narrative of not playing a playoff game on the road drove me nuts. It did. Um, first of all he played that Super Bowl on the road Nitroltos right. will tell you that because right. he played in Tampa Bay. but the whole fact is he has a 60 this is just regular season he's only played two more road games, two more. He's got a 64 percent completion at home, 68 on the road. his quarterback rating at home is 99. quarterback rating on the road is 107. He's got 1642 yards more passing in two games. 1,642 more yards, only 36 more attempts, 1,642 more yards. Oh, he had 119 touchdowns on the road, 100 at home. And yet everybody's like, oh, my God, what's he going to do on the road? Oh, he, he can't do this. But not once. Not once. You're a lawyer, my friend. You understand the work ethic and, and how you get to study and do things. Can you imagine having hot takes? And then never having a graphic put up there. It's lazy. And, and, it's and, 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 and it's showing home
1: and road splits. I mean, it's right. the easiest thing to do. Right, and I like going out and screaming my head off at Arrowhead as much as anyone on the text line. Uh, but, I mean, the team was 4-4 four and four at home this year. Arrowhead is uh, an incredible advantage uh, when it comes to the the opposing offense, um, you know, maybe having some trouble communicating. But it is not like Gillette Stadium used to be, for instance, uh and during that Patriots dynasty, man, you'd go up there in the playoffs and spooky stuff would happen, weird stuff would happen, bounces, and uh, you know the scoreboard would be right behind the field goal, and they'd put a picture of the field goal up on the scoreboard off center or what? You know, Arrowhead is not uh, a house of horrors like that for visitors. It's not he, Mahomes is not uh, a merchant of some some home field. Uh, advantage uh, he loves it and he said that yeah but but there's I mean come I mean, on, it's very
0: simple I mean when you're breaking this stuff down show the show the graphic okay you're saying you're worried about my homes on the road show the graphic how good is he on the road I mean it's a very simple Absolutely. procedure very simple experiment to look at well let's look at the numbers they're right there in front of you it's very easy for people to get pro football reference boom home and road yeah. splits very 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 simple to get now you got home and road splits all the way across everything you ever want to know mm. Interceptions, touchdowns—you name it—it's right there. Or you can look at the standings and say, "Oh, they went six and two on the road; they went five and four at home." But they like that though, because it's the us against the world mentality. But as Peter Schrager said, and he put this thing—he put this thing best on the NFL Network—and I'll give him credit, because Peter Schrager's been—he's been, uh, he's been uh, spot on with the Kansas City Chiefs, he and he hasn't backed away from a New York guy. But he hasn't backed away from it, and he's one of the few that picked the Chiefs.
4: There's, there's these different characters involved and they all needed to step up in the biggest of moments for Kansas City. And it's, Mahomes needs to be better than he's been all season. He just has to be because you're going on the road. And you're going to need Pacheco because they missed him the first time and he's going to mm-hmm. have to be that good. And Kelsey's going to have to look like Kelsey looked back in the glory years and when he used to crush the Bills in previous seasons in the playoffs. And you're going to need somebody else to step up. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling was that mm. guy. I go back to this. Said it on Friday, and I said it in so many words when I picked the Chiefs to beat the Bills, and I didn't have every answer on how it was going to happen. But someone reminded me of Rudy Tomjanovich's speech after they Mm -hmm. won their second NBA championship. They were a sixth seed. They went on the road. They won nine road games on the way to do it. Houston Rockets. And Rudy T says, don't ever (laughs) underestimate the heart of a champion. Last night, that was all heart from the mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I take away on this thing. You're going to have to kill them to beat them, yeah. and they were not looking to be killed. I-, I look at Kelsey and Mahomes, and honestly, it's like, guys, I-, I don't know what happened the first 17 weeks, the first 18 weeks. I'm not at. They were amazing last night. Yeah. Kelsey was all over the field, and Kelsey had two touchdowns on plays. that Kyle, you said Andy Reid is pulling out from playbook from years prior Kelsey was amazing. Kelsey was the guy underneath, over in the middle. That's right, buddy. You
0: never underestimate the heart of a champion. You don't do it. Because that's the one that me. I came on to see it out the day, and they asked me, he says, what did, what did I think You know, was some of the differences? I think the mental game of it. Because Buffalo, in their minds, that 13 seconds where they came back and tied them haunts them to this day. They talk about it all the time. They're tap dancing on their brain like Fred Astaire, the Chiefs are. They're inside their head. And once a competitor's in your head, they own you, man. They own you. And everything you do, you go on these shows in Buffalo, like me, you go and talk to them like we're going to have Jonas from Baltimore on here in a minute, Jonas Schaefer. And they'll ask me, you think we're the biggest rival, right? You think Buffalo's the biggest rival. No, no. No, I think Cincinnati is. And it drives them nuts. The 13 seconds, they want to talk about the 13 seconds of glory of, you know, like, well, they lost the Bengals the next week. So they can't put it down like 65 toss power trap. Can't do it that we have time to play Run Wasp. They lost the game. You got to move on, man. But you're a baseball guy, closer mentality. You may get shelled. You got to come back the next yeah, night. Yeah, they're going go right to bring right back next
1: day. They're going to go right back to right you. Right back to you. And you man. The next season, uh, Buffalo had a chance to come back to Arrowhead in the playoffs and exercise those demons. They didn't even get there. The
0: this Chiefs are Ric Flair. What they wanted. The Chiefs are Ric Flair, man.
1: I spend more money
0: on spilled liquor, in bars from one side of this world to the other, than you made. You're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond ring-wearing, kids-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo. It's who the Chiefs are, man, the Ric Flair. They're Ric Flair, when they come to the table and they walk in that stadium because they have that mind control over you. Mahomes averages 369 yards passing per game against the uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. They'll face off this weekend. We'll talk to Jonas Schaefer in uh, Baltimore at 630. But coming up next, one of the dumbest, dumbest takes I've heard since we're talking about national media tonight, from the national media regarding Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. From a former player next. Welcome back. Jay Bankley, Nathan producing the operation. Uh, Jonah Schaefer live from Baltimore. Covers the Ravens inside and out. Kevin up here in about uh, eight or nine minutes or so. And then Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Oh, by the way, congratulations to Adrian Beltran. Congratulations uh, to Joe Mauer, first ballot Hall of fl- Fameers in Major League Baseball, and Todd Helton gets in on six times. So three players, Todd Helton, uh, year number six. But uh, Joe Mauer, man, many many times going out and seeing him and Beltre.
1: Oh yeah, I grew up against uh, watching the Eminem brothers come to town and all those Minnesota fans coming down. Uh, before Target Field was built. Oh, they loved it. Uh, and just, <laughs> just kicking outside the baseball. crap out of, out of my team growing up. So uh, yeah. good for Joe Mauer.
0: Yeah, Joe Mauer, What a great football player, too, when he was growing up, yeah. too. Uh, but Sean O'Hara works for uh, – he did stuff with NFL Network. He was on with Bucky Brooks. He used to play for the Giants, he played for the Browns. Uh, Browns and the Giants, uh, undrafted guy when he played. But he had the, one of the dumbest takes. And, unfortunately, this is kind of a take that goes with the media. And I think – like deep down I wonder how much they really believe this crap. Cause seriously, this is like clown stuff. And how much a producer came to him and said, Can't ever have everybody loving on Mahomes? Can't have everybody doing it. I need somebody to uh be the difference maker, which I don't know. You have to me. It, could go, it could go one of two ways. I mean I, I definitively don't know. I mean, maybe they are just dumb. And so I'm gonna play you what Sean O'Hara had to say and who he'd take over Mahomes. But the comments underneath this uh, on Twitter were hilarious. And I'm talking from Bengals fans, fans from other teams across the country that thought this was an idiotic thing to say, which is funny because everybody's piling on Mahomes right now and the Chiefs and everything else because the Chiefs down the bad boys, complete bad boys. Nobody likes us oh, but yeah. us. Uh, they can't beat us. They want to be us. So. so anyway, here's what Sean O'Hara said about taking Josh Allen over Mahomes.
3: Look, well listen, no, Josh, no, 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 no. you're not off his, with Josh that. played his butt off. And look, he's won uh, we, we got robbed again. We we as NFL fans you Fritz? As NFL, <laughs> I didn't know
5: you're hold on, let me let me,
3: let me finish this. As NFL fans, we got robbed by another chance for to see more Josh Allen in that game. If the kicker makes the field goal, we're going into overtime. So I go back to that 13 second game where they changed the overtime rules because of that game because Josh didn't get a chance to do that. But look, I would those rankings right there. I mean, you could change them week to week if you want. But still, I'm taking, regardless of the outcome, the, I'm taking Josh Allen every single time. You're, you're,
2: you, why are you taking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's won multiple Super Bowls? He's been I, a multiple I MVP, both in Super Bowls and yeah. the regular
3: season. I think Mahomes has the better team. That's why. But, I, but, but pure quarterback play, I think Josh Allen oh. is, is better. No, you're not going to get me going viral. You're no. not going to get me going viral on that. That, that came from Sean. Sean did not come from Bucky Brook. No, 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 no. You, you no, can't no. argue that the Chiefs have a better defense right now. Uh, I mean, they, they do have, better, have a better defense. Better tight end, yeah. better running back, better offensive line. So, look, Mahomes, this is not a disrespect on Mahomes. Look, I mean, I, if Josh Allen, it's 1A mm. and 1B right there. Like I said, you can, you know, alternate them week to week. But Chiefs have the better team. Mahomes has the better team. Josh Allen, he's still looking for some help. Can I get somebody to catch the ball? Can I get somebody to make the ball? Oh.
2: So in that final drive for the Buffalo Bills that set yeah. up the missed
3: field goal, mm-hmm. he yeah. didn't overthrow, he didn't try to make hero plays and press the ball down the field and then oh, miss. Oh, he pressed the ball. Was... He threw a 70-yard bomb to Stefan Diggs, who should have caught the ball. You get paid to catch the ball. Stephon had three catches for 21 yards. Right? If he shout catches that ball. Shout out to the, the Chiefs secondary. Shout out to the Chiefs secondary, but Off also.
5: The... All
0: right, a couple fallacies here, and I'll get into this later. I just wanted you to hear that. It's on here The dumbest thing they say when the guy's lost to Mahomes three straight times. He's 0-3. Second fallacy is that kick wouldn't have beat the Chiefs if Tyler Bass. That would have tied the Chiefs. It would have given the Chiefs about a minute 45 on the clock
1: and two timeouts. And the first thing he says after that is, I go back to the 13 seconds. I go back to the 13 seconds. So
0: he's acknowledging, so, so, which he's exactly. talking out of both sides of his mouth. Exactly. And this time he's actually talking through his ass. But um, 13 seconds. So Mahomes could a minute 45 and two timeouts. Okay, just because they may not lose by a kick, Mahomes will kill you in other ways. And he would have killed them in a different way there, excruciating, would have gone on the field and made them pay for it. Because that's what would have happened. First of all, they should have never been in that situation. If Hardman doesn't fumble the ball through the end zone, that play doesn't even matter or just land on the football when Shamari Conner had a chance to jump on the ball. Wouldn't have even happened. So it's a major fallacy. The other thing is when he brings up the overtime rule, the Chiefs, quote, benefited from, and we didn't get to see Josh Allen do what he wanted to at the 13 second game. What is funny to me, well, it's not funny because it makes me want to put my hands through the drywall. They bring up that. Oh, they bring up that game, right? 2021, they bring that up. They don't bring up 2019 when the Chiefs lose to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the exact, exact same fashion. Mahomes never got the touch the ball in overtime. It was the old overtime rules. Tom Brady wins the toss, goes down the field, and wins the game. Chiefs in the offseason – put a proposal out there to change the rule. Not that they were complaining, but they thought in fairness, they would change the rule. You know what? It got voted down. The chiefs tried to change that rule. Oh, but what happens to Josh Allen, they changed the damn rule. It's but people s- like Sean O'Hara, the clown that'll bring this up like, Oh, well, well the chiefs benefited from it. Well, yes. Dumbass. The chiefs lost to new England Patriots and Tom Brady, the same exact way the bills lost to Josh Allen but they don't want to bring that up. Don't want to bring that up. And then he talks about the Chiefs offense being better. And he talks about uh, the Chiefs have a better running back. Uh I say Pacheco had 935 yards. James Cook had 1122 for the Buffalo Bills. Pretty sure 1122 is more than 900 in 35. How many catches did James Cook have? Uh 44 for 445. Pacheco, what did he have for catches this year? I mean I like Pacheco a lot but he's he's James Cook had a better year. Oh Pacheco, exact same 44 44 for 244 so the same amount of receptions, both of them had forty-four catches. Half the yards per catch, but
1: four forty-five for James Cook. It's the same, the same mindset behind the narrative that's been going around today about the the They're already yeah. laying the groundwork yeah. to blame the referees or something. Goes but it's wrong funny, this and Sunday. the
0: Chiefs led the NFL in drops. So it's, he talks about better offense and better cast pitchers. The, the Chiefs don't have a Stephon Diggs who completely choked that game. They don't. Rasheed Rice was good, but he's, Stephon Diggs has been a better player. But to say the Chiefs have a better running back, you kidding me? I mean, Isaiah's good, but James Cook had a pretty damn good year. So, again, spare me. And bringing up that stupid rule about overtime and how it got changed, well, don't blame the Chiefs. Look in the freaking mirror and blame yourself and other teams because the Chiefs tried to change the rule, but nobody would listen to them. And then all of a sudden, oh, they did change the rule because of the Chiefs. Chiefs tried to change the rule. It's just crazy, man. There were so many fallacies in what that moron said. Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore uh, Banner next. And welcome back, Jay Bankley, Nathan, producing the operation. Next guest is a guy that I met a couple years ago, right before the Orlando Brown trade. It uh, caught me off guard. It might have caught him off guard too, but uh, we ended up coming up twice that weekend because I didn't think the Royal, uh, the uh, Chiefs would do business with the Baltimore Ravens. His name is Jonas Uh, It's Jonas underscore Schaefer, S-H-A-F-F-A-V-R. He was with the Baltimore Sun. Now he's with the Baltimore Banner. Uh, Get used to this because I think the Chiefs and the Ravens will be viable rivals for years to come. So it's a great follow, covers the game inside and out. You might not have to worry about Buffalo anymore. I think Baltimore is the team you need to be worried about at this point. What's up, Jonas?
5: Hey, I would have thought that we would have – had a playoff talk before. <laughs>
0: well, you know what?
5: <laughs> it was a, it was that
0: Orlando Brown deal, and I don't know if it caught you off guard, but I was, like, brought it up, and I felt bad about bringing it up to you. I really did. It's like before you left, and then all of a sudden they traded for in the same weekend. and I was like, Ah, come back on, Jonas.
5: <laughs> yeah, and it's a, he's totally not even in the playoff picture, and it's fully uh, totally different teams except from the, the quarterbacks, pretty much, right?
0: Yeah, sorry for being a little bit late. I went on a tangent, and I don't do that very often. I was going about Sean O'Hara uh, that went on and on on NFL Network about how he'd take uh, – and everybody's looking at him crazy. He goes, oh, he'd take Allen over Mahomes, <laughs> and then, even though Allen's 0-3 against him. And and he brought up the playoff rule overtime. And the same thing happened to the Chiefs and Tom Brady two years before. The Chiefs tried to change the rules so both teams get it. Didn't pass, but it passed with Buffalo. Anyway, it just drove me crazy. Um but it did, it did. And you know, there's other things to worry about because is that window is always going to be somewhat open because of Josh Allen, the guy's a tremendous talent. But as they said on Good Morning Football, and I agree with the 100%, there's other quarterbacks outside that window named Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Saying about just, uh, this is not about um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I believe uh, Lamar Jackson is the truth. I think the way this Ravens team is playing, is the truth? I know the Chiefs have a ton of respect for the way the Ravens are playing. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to win a second MVP. Um, it's a good football team, and uh, is the city really embracing kind of what they have and, and feel good? Like everybody's looking for that quarterback, and Baltimore's got it.
5: Oh yeah, I mean you just, you just look at the uh, the ticket prices here in Baltimore; they're they're absolutely insane. Uh, I think a couple of hours ago I was on SeatGeek, and with Ease, I think the cheapest uh, ticket prices were. About eight hundred dollars. So, um, I mean, obviously, we can. Uh, we, I'm sure you could uh, talk about uh, <laughs> how uh, manipulative and uh, you know unfair some of the ticket fees are for some of the, uh, the vendors that are, that are making life difficult for some folks in Baltimore who are trying, or Kansas City, or where, whenever it is, wherever it is, who are trying to experience a bit of history. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the amount of people who want to see this Ravens team uh, go through in a literal sense, in a uh, metaphorical sense is is pretty impressive right about now.
0: Well, the rating is going to be off the charts for it. I think 56 million yeah. people watched uh, the chiefs and bills, which is the most since the super bowl uh, last year. It's got the early window because the AFC and NFC switch every year. I'm sure they'd love to have this bad boy at night though. I'm not a lie. Uh, they can't though. It'll be at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'll have everybody's attention. Uh, I felt all along Jonas. I don't know how you felt. Uh, before the season started, I saw what Baltimore was doing last year and with the injuries, this team wasn't. This team was this team was going places, and Baltimore and the Chiefs, I feel, are the two best teams in the AFC. I think this is they got it right.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought that the Ravens' best chance in getting to Super Bowl uh, heading into the divisional round was to face the Bills uh, because I thought that the Chiefs defense was, you know, right behind the Ravens in terms of quality, and then, you know, just the, the Patrick Mahomes factor. Uh, and, and also, you know, I, if we want to kind of get into it, just the fact that this this Chiefs defense, I think, in a lot of ways, is pretty well qualified to play spoiler to, to Lamar Jackson because of the C-Sagnolla factor and because of the fact that they do a lot of things, and, you know, John Harbaugh talked about it on Monday. They do a lot of things that the Ravens do, which is, you know, getting pressure, Without blitzing, you can uh, have the appearance of pressure of uh, the appearance of a blitz without actu- with the- with actually just bringing four, you know, the simulated pressures, the creepers, everything that the Ravens do well. The Chiefs also do well and Steve Sagnolo is a mad scientist in the way that Mike McDonald is a mad scientist, so
0: Jonas Schaefer of the Baltimore Banner who covers the Ravens inside and out. What what's kind of the theme, Jonas? What's the storyline? Um, are people just talking, okay, it's Mahomes versus it's Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, or it's Andy Reid versus John Harbaugh. Are they they saying defense at all? Cause it is the number two defense in the NFC or the AFC with the Chiefs, but it's the number one and number two scoring defenses, and it's the number one and number two teams in sacks in the NFL. Both these teams have had great years on defense. Is that the storyline, or is it Mahomes and Jackson?
5: Yeah, I think it's it's probably Mahomes and Jackson. I think it's, it's uh, you know, if not now, when, you know, this, this is a <laughs> – it's, 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 an, it's an inversion of the expectations that the Chiefs have set uh, for – you know, themselves in a lot of ways, because you could argue that the Ravens have the more talented receiving core. They have the more talented, uh, tight end room. Maybe if, if, if Mark Andrews is healthy and his old self, just because of the emergence of uh, Isaiah likely, and you know, the Ravens have a kind of pro bowl-esque fullback in, in Patrick Ricard, even though I forget if he was, if he was uh, actually a pro bowl this year, but um, you know, it's, it's a very, very good group Uh you could say that the, the, the Chiefs' line with in Joaquin out is maybe right on the, the level of the, the Ravens. So, you know, you put all that together, you talk about the Ravens' defense being this elite group. I don't want to say there aren't any excuses for the Ravens not this because, obviously, that's just complete hooey with Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes and this line only being about a field goal. But still, you know, I, I think there would be a lot of, Broken hearts and a lot of folks who wouldn't just be happy with this playoff breakthrough in Baltimore to the AC Championship game because of just how well things have gone for the Ravens, basically, since they got back from the bottom. And, you know, they, they looked like in that stretch one of the best teams ever, you know, look like, at kind of DVOA and stuff like that.
0: Oh, they, they've been unreal offense, defense, and, and coaching, especially. I mean, the coaching has been tremendous. Andy Reid is 5 and 0 coaching against his assistants in the playoffs, although three of those are Sean McDermott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the poor bills man poor bills they're, they're struggling with this jonas i mean they're they're really struggling with this but you know you here's the thing the one thing about the chiefs is i mean this is probably who baltimore won the well I, you know i can't say that i think you might have won to play the buffalo bills the baltimore people be yep. uh because the Just buffalo because bills the well i think so in the fact that beating the chiefs is like a euphorical high for buffalo because they still thrive on that 13 seconds from years ago, and they talk about it all the time. I think things stay in their head. I think the mental game is there. And just beating the Chiefs and getting that off their back, I think would have been their mini Super Bowl, which, you know, that kind of takes away from the Ravens' uh, concentration.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of blanking right now, but wasn't there like a statistic or something? about how there's, like, a curse to, to beating Josh Allen in the playoffs. Like, every team that beats Josh Allen loses the next round. Oh, no. Up,
0: I didn't know that stat. I did not seen that one.
5: <laughs> I didn't know that Josh Allen's that unlucky. Uh, well, I, I guess, well, could it have been true? Because, uh, I mean, like, the, the Chiefs obviously beat um, – you know, Josh Allen in, in that crazy divisional round game, and well, they've, knocked the they've knocked him out three times.
0: They've knocked him out three times. One of those, they ended up losing to the Bengals, uh, the following year. Uh, but they have made yeah, the Super Bowl so three I, out of four that's, years. That's, so
5: that's part of the curse, right? I mean, but again, it's small sample size. so I don't want to I don't want to get the Bills fans mad at me or worry about this game. You know, that, that there is you know, if, if, if there were a precedent for for. Uh, you know, curses and stuff like that, it would have been the Ravens losing in the divisional round because Lamar, despite everything that had gone well for him, right for him in the regular season, had just not had a breakthrough. So there's a lot of new people. There's a lot of familiar people in unfamiliar places this weekend, I think we can agree. You know, this is the first time the Ravens have even had an AFC championship game in Baltimore since 1971. And obviously that was not the Ravens, that was the Colts. And, this will be the first time that Patrick Mahomes is playing in an AFC Championship game that's not in Kansas City. So uh, I do wonder if he uh, maybe screwed up earlier this year by going on that man cast and saying that uh, one of the places that he, you know, least likes going and playing is Baltimore because yeah. he has to play with the silent talent. And I don't want to think I don't want to throw any bread and meat. It's loud, a quarterback. At, at, but yeah, I mean, I think they probably would have gotten loud regardless of uh, whatever It's, it's, says. it's loud. Uh,
0: in last week's narrative, Jonas was. Uh, that we'll see what Mahomes can do on the road. And I always, I always yeah. told people to go look his numbers up on Pro Football Reference. He's got a four percent higher completion percentage on the road. He's got one thousand six hundred forty-two yards more passing on the road in just two more games. He's got nineteen more touchdown passes on the road. He's a better quarterback on the road. Like he did, like at every. in this year he was six and two on the road, five and four at home. So really, he like he. I think he kind of likes challenges to be honest with you i think he kind yeah, of digs and it. And,
5: and like a uh, lamar is uh you know kind of steady at the heartbeat which means that you know he did not necessarily perform better uh, at home i mean <laughs> the, his best performance of the season statistically was that just molly whopping the dolphins where he you know finished with a perfect passer rating but uh he was Remarkable after that first quarter against the, the 49ers, and on the other hand, you know he, he could not really have a the breakthrough against the, the Colts in week uh four, or five, or whenever. Or I, I guess I think it was week three, maybe, um, when you know coming back from an incredible win in Cincinnati, and you know the the Ravens as a whole just kind of could not get the breakthrough that we thought that there would be against the Indianapolis. So obviously there is that home field advantage, but in the same way that you know Patrick Holmes doesn't necessarily need to win. Doesn't necessarily need to be at Arrowhead to win. I don't think you could say that Lamar needed to be in Baltimore to have any kind of advantage. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's unpredictable in a lot of ways, Jay. <laughs> well, i never forget when he was drafted.
0: Back. Yep. Never forget when he was yeah, drafted I mean, in 2018. He went 32nd. I was like, no, no. He and Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, they were the two good quarterbacks in the first round. Lamar goes 32nd, which is way too low. And you can make an argument. I mean, he's going to have two MVPs under his belt. He's had more success in the NFL than Josh Allen.
5: Yeah, and Lamar wasn't even the Ravens' first pick in that, that round. You know, it was, was Hayden Hurst. Yep, Hayden Hurst. Uh, like 25-year-old tight end of South Carolina, not this 20, 21-year-old, you know, sophomore year win quarterback. So, uh, there's, you know, I'm sure if you gave Eric Costas some truth here and said, hey, at this point, bud uh, – you know, this quarterback you're drafting number 32 would be a two-time MVP. Uh, I'm sure he would have told you that, um, you know, but that probably was not in the plans, but I think probably if you told him that also, by the way, this two-time winning quarterback is making his first AFC championship game in that span, he probably would have, you know, raised his eyebrows (laughs) Yeah,
0: Great stuff, Jonas. Uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the Baltimore end. Appreciate it. Jonas Schaefer, uh, the Baltimore banner joining us now as uh, he has the last couple of years, and I have a feeling we'll be talking again um, in the future because I think the Chiefs and Ravens aren't going anywhere. All right, my friend. Thank you, Jonas. Thank you, sir. There you go, Jonas Schaefer, right there. Talk about a little bit about those Bra- uh, Ravens coming up here in just a minute. Take a timeout. Don't forget, I got Ron Kopp, Arrowhead Pride, coming up at seven. Welcome back. No dust man. The night Jay Binkley with Nathan producing the operation. We got Ron Kopp, Arrowhead pride coming in here in studios. We're going to break down this chiefs and Ravens game in every way possible. Released new character concerns podcast today. Chris, Sinocero and I did. It's uh, did our mock draft 2.0. See who the chiefs took. How many receivers went in round one? The record seven for first round wide receivers. Mel Kiper, I believe had seven or eight today. I don't remember. He put his mock draft out, so I'm not sure exactly where. I think it was
1: seven or eight he went. And I will say, you and Chris gave the Chiefs a juicy selection.
0: Well, we had to, but everybody else, we let them pick, too. He's pro football focused as draft, so you can't yeah. always get what you want, right? Can't always get what you want because uh, we went through it and then selected for every team in which direction we thought they would uh, go. But that uh, was Jonah Schaefer from Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens, too. Interesting team. They have the uh, trifecta. It's never been done um, since the merger. Leading the league in takeaways, which is scary. Leading the league in points against, uh, which Chiefs are number two. And leading the league in sacks, which Chiefs are number two as well. So Chiefs actually have a better total defense than the Ravens. And they're two spots better in pass defense. The Ravens are sixth. The Chiefs are fourth. Both teams uh, very well balanced. Running is the uh, weakness on both teams running against it. The Ravens are the number one running team in the NFL. And that's without J.K. Dobbins, it got hurt uh, early for them. And, but they've found a way to run the football. It's who and what they are. Uh, their ball control team. The Chiefs have to figure out who they are, and they have. And that's the scary thing for the NFL, kind of finding out who and what they are. But one thing is for sure these injuries, a couple guys th- to really watch out for. And you'll get an update tomorrow uh, from Andy Reid. He didn't really have an update uh, yesterday. He didn't talk today, of course. It was their off day, but Willie Gay in the neck, because he remember he showed up on the injury report last weekend. He's kind of the spy. He was really the spy in that first game against the Buffalo Bills. And then Joe Tooney with the peck. But it came out that it looks like just a sprain, uh, didn't tear it. Um, so it's an interesting thing to watch. Uh, Nate Taylor from the Athletic, uh, one of the uh, one of our chiefs insiders was on Cody and Gold earlier today, giving his best update on two guys to really pay attention to for the Chiefs this week?
2: I think the biggest concern is Willie Gay. You know, they're going to try to do the best they can to get him available for Sunday's game, but you saw this with Donovan Smith, right? He had a neck injury as well. Um, He missed the last five games of the regular season. Uh, I'm not saying they're obviously equal, but it's a similar body part, and Willie gave it, I thought, a pretty good try. I thought he was playing pretty well, all things considered, but then he aggravated it, and so he wasn't able to go uh i did not see willie gay in the locker room i did see joe tooney in the locker room he seemed to be in very good spirits there's a growing belief in the organization that joe tooney who i like to call a robot because his technique is so robotically good Mm -hmm. it's like if you just plugged an all pro guard and like into the line and he's just like yeah let me just let me stop you hike stop hike stop hike let me move you over here like he's he's exceptionally good um and Nick Galliagreedy came in and did a very fine job in a backup role. That's why he's on the team. But a lot of people think that Joe Tooney, who played with a broken hand, who has like, who didn't miss a game, I think until like his sixth season in the in the league, sixth or seventh season in the league, I'd have to look it up here in a minute. Um, there's a growing sense that he's going to give it a go. He might not practice. Wow. He might not practice tomorrow. He might not even practice Thursday. Um, but there's a chance he could play on Sunday, just because um, it is a strain. It is late in the season. And there are ways to manage it. Um, Is it just a pain tolerance thing? I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a lot of pain tolerance and hoping that you don't uh, completely tear it. Now, obviously, that's a, <sighs> that's that's the that's the risk and the and the trickiness of it all. But again, because he's so technique sound, um, it's it's possible that you give him the benefit of the doubt. So again, I know it seems weird. Anytime you hear Peck in the NFL, like that's usually a no go. Um, but because it's a strain, because there's optimism, I think Willie Gay might be the more um in question injury. Really? Now do we
3: is it do we know what I mean, Donovan Smith was a next stinger,
2: right? Yes. Do we know at
3: all what this is for Willie Gay?
2: We don't. Um it's unfortunate that we haven't really talked to Willie Gay.
0: There you go, the updates on the injuries. Two guys to really watch for Willie Gay being the spy, obviously important against Lamar Jackson. And Joe Tooney, even though Nick Allegretti is look good, and I'll talk to Ron Kopp about that as well as he looks inside and out at all these players. And if if Nick Allegretti has to play a lot, of that, what can the Chiefs expect in that game? But we'll talk to uh, Ron Kopp, Arrowhead Pride's lead analyst, next.